Welcome to the Free Parking Show with your hosts, Amos, Rich, Ryan, and Peter. Four sports journalists cover the world of sports with the utmost professionalism, or as much as they can muster after five beers. Hello and welcome to the Free Parking Show here uh, on Spreaker. We have a very special show for you tonight. All four of us are on me, uh, Ryan Moreland, Amos Conway, uh, Peter Diapola, and Rich Pyle. Uh, we're going to do a special buy or sell episode. If any, if all of you sports fans have seen this done before a million times before on a million different places, one of sports cliches, I think. Is a sports show is they got to do a buy or sell, um, <clears throat> and I'm just gonna say a statement, and the guys are gonna give their opinion on whether they buy or, or buy or sell what I say, and then give their their reason why. If you want your opinion heard, uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we read it out on uh, live on air at two five two two six or I mean two six sorry excuse me two five two six two one two zero six five. Definitely let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, how are you doing tonight, guys? Wonderful. Ready to get this I'm great. Going. All right, all right. Great, great, great. All right, so the first one here, we'll get right into the action here. The first one I got here is like Trent Richardson was signed by the Ravens, uh, going to the Ravens this year. Does Trent Richardson make the final cut? Uh, who wants to go first on this? Uh, you can take it, Peter. Richardson makes All the right, final so, cut by or sell. I'm going to sell that. I don't. I don't believe for a second he's going to make the final cut, and I, I base this on his career in the NFL. Um, and was it 46 games played? He's ran. He's run for two two thousand and thirty two yards. He's averaging three point three yards a carry. That's point, 44.2 yards a game, just 17 touchdowns. Uh, he, just not, he just hasn't looked like it. His rookie year, he had a 3.6 average and 11 touchdowns. Since then, in Cleveland, in the two games he played, he averaged 3.4. Then the rest of that year in Indianapolis, in 2013, he averaged 2.9 yards a carry and ran for three touchdowns in four games. And then his final year in the NFL, in 2014, he ran... 519 yards in 15 games, averaging 3.3 yards a carry and three touchdowns. Those numbers really don't scream out to me anything good, obviously. Uh, he's fumbled seven times in his career. He hasn't lost – he's lost two of them. Uh, so, obviously, not great numbers, uh, but not – you know, and it, it's kind of sad to see a third, the third overall pick struggling the way he has been, but – I also sell. I also sell this because there's photos online and videos of him in games, whether preseason or regular season, where there's a hole to one side of him, but he's running into a wall of not just defenders but his own players. So I think his vision just isn't that good. And he also spent last year at a football. He got cut by the Raiders before the season started. And I'm not really sure why the Ravens are bringing him on board. Now it could be because they're running back. Or, or you know, for set their starters getting up there in age, I could see I could see that's the reason why. But I'm not exactly sure why the Ravens are interested in somebody who struggled really since his rookie season. His rookie season was okay, but since then he hasn't played that well. And he's you see he spent a year out of football. So is that really a guy you want to take a risk on? If I'm if I'm the Ravens, 
I wouldn't make this. I wouldn't make this move, and I'm definitely going to sell this. I don't think he makes the final roster. I think he'll be cut midway through the preseason because I think he's going to struggle in early on in the preseason. They'll probably just cut him because there's no point in keeping him on if they can find somebody else to be one of their running backs in Baltimore next year. What do you think, Rich? <laughs> you know, we were laughing about this at the gym today, actually. I said, hey, did you see the Trent Richardson was signed by, is going to be signed by the Ravens? And they're like, no, really? The biggest question I got was why? Why? And I think Peter hit all. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one, but Peter, you hit the nail on the on the head with this one. The dude is a bum. <laughs> Peter's favorite word is bum. He can't run. You get traded from the Browns to the, the Colts. Then you get released by the Colts. You get picked up by the Raiders. You get released by the Raiders. I mean, how many chances do you want in the league before you, you know, before you're said and done? I I just don't understand it. I, maybe it's a media stunt. Who knows at this point? That's a good point too. What do you have to say, Amos? <clears throat> All right, so I'm actually going to go uh, complete opposite here. I'm going to buy it. This close with the draft upcoming, especially with all the film that's out there. It's a possibility the Ravens have looked at some of the tape and not seen a running back that maybe they particularly like. If it's someone like Zeke Elliott or Derrick Henry, they're going to be gone. And after those two, I mean, you could probably name one or two other guys, but they may not even be there for Baltimore to pick up with Baltimore's pressing needs like all over the offense, really. And you know what? He may, I think he will make the final cut. I do because Justin Forsett's going to be the starter. Buck Allen's going to be the backup. He's going to be a guy who just has to come in and spell them. He doesn't have to do anything great. He's just going to have to go in there for one, maybe two, maybe three plays a game and just give the other two guys a break. And I think if that's all that's asked for him, I don't think anyone's going to expect him or want him to break off 20, 30-yard runs. If he can get two or three yards on those carries, I think he'll be all right. And I, I do. I think he'll make the final cut. I'm going to buy this as well. I'm going to agree with Amos here. Um, <clears throat> because uh, he, he is physically talented. He, I mean, he's, he's a talented uh, athlete, very physical, very big guy. Uh, and, like, I mean, he's a freak of an a freakish, like, gym rat kind of a guy. If you look at his body, if you look at a picture of him with his shirt off, I mean, he looks like the new Ninja Turtle movies where they're just, like, all steroided up. He's a freak, a freak. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, I think he can, you can he can make plays. I think you have to make him humble, though. He's got to be able to play special teams. And if you're going to be in that position, he's got to be a guy that's going to play special teams. He's got to be a guy that's going to make uh, the extra effort. Because and, and Peter said it exactly right. His vision's terrible. I still think that he's talented at running the football. I still think he's he makes lateral movement well. I think in open field, he makes good movement. He, he's a truck of a guy when he needs to be. But his field vision is awful. It is terrible. When he was at Alabama, it's apparent that they said, you're going to run at this gap right here, and Alabama's offensive line was good enough to put the hole exactly right there, and he ran through it. It must have, what have, must have been what happened because he has no field vision whatsoever. Um, so I think that you, you need to – he needs more time, but I think he needs to be humble, and you got to let him know. Like, I don't care what pick you were in the draft. You're going to play special teams now. You're going to only get, you know, two, three carries, as Amos mentioned. Uh, and if he's willing to come in and do that kind of stuff, then I think absolutely he can make the final roster. 
right, moving on to the next one here. Buy or sell, Peter? LeBron James is still the best player in the NBA. I'm going to sell that. And and that's no disrespect to LeBron James, but I look at right now what Steph Curry's been doing in the in the NBA, and you just look at them statistically, and I think that they both, in some ways, are similar with their killer instinct and their ability to make shots when necessary. But you just when you think about the NBA now, you think about Steph Curry. He can hit threes. He can make pretty much any shot, and he's probably playing the best basketball of anybody this season. Uh, you know, if we're talking right now, then yeah, I would absolutely say Steph Curry is the best player in the NBA, hands down. Now, LeBron, I think, is a close second because obviously LeBron James is just incredible. But in points per game, LeBron's not in the top five, and so I think that's what kind of takes me. That's what takes it down a little bit. However, you do have to look. He is on a team that's part of the big three, so that could be why his points per game are down as compared to Curry. So that's where I really draw the comparison. I think it's the ability to score. And I think Curry can play defense pretty well. Uh, LeBron, I think, is a good defensive player. LeBron is actually six in points per game. He's about five, about five and a half points, well, actually closer to five points behind per game than Steph Curry is. So I base it off that. And that's, again, that's no disrespect to LeBron James, but I'm going to sell that he's the best player in the NBA. No love for LeBron there. What do you say, uh, Rich? You know, it's a tough one. Steph Curry is such a great player. I may have to buy this one. I, I just don't. I, I think Steph Curry's lethal with the three ball. LeBron's a better all around player defensively as well as offensively. Uh, his his points per game are down this year, but then you got to remember they went from uh, David Blatt to Tyron Lue and. I think we mentioned on the show the other night that Tyron Lue's got the boys playing a little bit better. A little, you know, they're they're starting to come into their own as a new basketball team. So we're going to probably see Le- LeBron James of old coming, you know, come back, get his points per game up, lead this team back to the finals. But I, I'm going to buy that one just for the time being. Just all right. So one buy, one sell. Amos, what do you think here? I'm agree with Rich. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy here just because Seth Curry is obviously an extremely great player, and I think uh, Peter brings up a good point. LeBron's points going down, but he has spent two seasons at this point basically babysitting a team, trying to get them back on track, going the right way. He averaged what 35.8 points in the finals last year. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he just yeah. I mean, all around. Offensively, defensively, if I, had to, if I were starting a team and I wanted to build around one player, it would be around LeBron James. The skill set, the leadership, and I like Curry, and Curry is a monster, but they've had something like 32 double-digit wins this year, and out of those 32, 15 of those games, Seth Curry didn't even play in the fourth quarter. That lets you know how talented this team is. And Seth Curry is a very, very great player, and I think he's going to finish as you know one of the best at his position. I just uh, I think LeBron is still the best player overall. I'm <clears throat> I'm gonna agree here too. Uh, so I'm leaving you, Peter, here as the lone man out on this one because I'm gonna buy. I think the that, lone survivor. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it, this was my thought when I was writing this question was 
Right now, if you took them off their team and put them on the Sixers, and I'm just picking on the Sixers because they've been so bad this year, if you put them on the Sixers, where would they be at right now? And to my, to me, I think Steph Curry would. Uh, I think he is worth a few wins, and I think they would be uh, doing better. I don't think they'd be a playoff team. I still think they'd probably be in that like eleven, ten, maybe nine spot. Uh, probably ten or eleven spot in the East. Um, if you put LeBron on the Sixers, probably three, four. You know, I mean, it's it's a, he can take over a game. He can he can run like that. He can um he can play that kind of basketball. And we've seen him do it back in his days when he was originally in Cleveland, where you know the second best player in his teams was Mo Williams. So you've seen him do it before. He can absolutely take over a game. I love Steph Curry, and he is a great player, but he doesn't have that kind of uh, where he can just take over a game by himself like that and, and win. So I'm going to buy this, but, uh, uh, you know, no nothing against Steph Curry. I think he's an amazing basketball player and one of the best, if not the best, shooter I've ever seen play the game. Uh, but I still think LeBron James is the best. Uh, moving on to the next one here. Uh, this year's the World Cup will be uh, in China, the 2016 World Cup. The U.S. men's soccer team will make it past the group stage of the World Cup, buy or sell? I'm going to sell this one. <clears throat> and it, Listen, I, I love my country, but the United States men's team just, just uh, <laughs> hasn't been great in the, uh, in the World Cup in I don't know how long. Um, and, and it's kind of saddening, but I, th- I think the problem is that soccer is not as popular in the United States as it is in other countries, say like Europe, uh, South America, Central America, you know, Asia, I would say even because. So you look at that, and that's the reason why I say I don't think it's as popular in Africa. Pretty much every continent, but I would say America and, and possibly Australia too. I think soccer's probably, well, it's popular in Australia, um, but. Not as popular as I would think other countries or other continents. So I, I base it on just their lack of productivity we've seen in the uh, World Cup. So I don't, I don't see them being able to make it, pa- bang it past the group round. That's not to be disrespectful in any manner. You know, there, there's always a chance it could, but I look at their roster, not thoroughly impressed. So I'm going to have to sell this one. And just based on history and their current roster against these other teams that just are loaded with talent from their home countries, and that now if the United States had players from Major League Soccer that are from other countries that would play for their play for the United States, I'd give them a better chance. But I just don't see that happening. And what, what do you guys think? I'm gonna sell it as well. I, you know, I don't. You, we've heard the stories about you know the women's team is obvious. I think they're a little bit better than the men's team. The men's team tends to struggle against when they get up in the higher brackets. You don't, I, I still don't agree with them not uh, inviting Clint Dempsey back as well. I think he was a heart and soul of that team. You've got to have a veteran's presence on the field. You know, and I know they're trying to get younger, but at the same time you need the experience with, with Germany and all the other big-name teams. So I, I'm selling this one as well. All right, so... I'm actually going to buy this because as far as what I can remember from the last World Cup, I do believe the U.S. made it pretty far. And 
I can't remember the exact where they landed or anything. It's been, I've had way too many beers since then. But the thing is, is yeah, they uh, and I understand they're not bringing Clint Dempsey back, but in the World Cup, I do remember they're bringing a lot of speed, a lot of talent, a lot of raw talent on that team at the time. And they've had years to progress that talent. They've had years to get better. And I know last time nobody gave the U.S. a chance. The U.S. really showed up and did good. I believe they they tied Germany, I, if I do remember correctly, that they tied Germany, which gave them the win in that. And I, I, I just, I don't know. I think that they'll make it way past the group. I don't know how far or much further they'll make it, but I think they'll make it past it. I think there's a lot of talent on that team. And, I mean, there were a couple times last year where, had Tim Howard not had to make like 21 saves, the U.S. could have made or could have won. So if they get faster, younger, I don't see why there's no reason that they can't. I'm going to uh, sell this here. <clears throat> um, as of right now, uh, you know, the, you brought a point. Not, no Dempsey, no Donovan. Um, this team has to stay really young because of the way that they play. Uh they love running. They love getting speed. They love getting out in front of everybody else. So I don't. I I think that you know they're. I think they have a good squad still. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of name recognition for a lot of people, but it still is a, a really, really, really good uh, squad. Really talented squad. Um, but <clears throat> the the speed game is only needed out of desperation you know there's you don't see germany running that you don't see portugal running it you don't see uh france running it you know brazil uh it's something out of desperation you run that speed game you know it's the it's not something that you do if you have the talent to not use it now it it will depending on our grouping uh you know what grouping we end up in uh, of course, you know, uh, last World Cup, we had a really tough group, and, and there was just no making out of it. We had two powerhouses in the group with us. Um, <clears throat> so this year, well, you know, I think it was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Portugal and England were both in our group. So, I mean, just tough. And sometimes you get lucky, sometimes not. But I think most groups were not making out of it. You know, normally you get two really solid teams, uh, an in-between team and, and in a lesser team normally. So, you know, it it would have to be a really soft second team in order for uh United States to pull it off. Uh I think that you know, soccer's becoming more and more popular in the United States. Uh the numbers have shown it. A lot of kids play it. And I think everybody every kid in my generation played it growing up at least for a little bit it seems like. Um so it is growing. It's just it's not that it's not that important to us yet. You know, it's just we are all soccer fans. Every four years, I think uh, I was talking to Amos or Peter. I can't remember about this a while back. How are, you know we don't watch anything, and then once every four years we become soccer fans for one summer, and then it, and then it fades, and you forget about soccer until the the next World Cup. So, and, but I don't think we're gonna make it out. I, I just we would have to get a really light, really lucky grouping in order to make it out next one here which we did not yeah next one here um nate diaz is gonna replace uh in the conor mcgregor fight for the injured fighter so the question or the statement is here buy or sell nate diaz will survive the first round with conor mcgregor 
Wow, that's that's a pretty tough one. And well, because hmm. both of them I think are pretty good fighters, but I'm going to go with Stell because <clears throat> I I don't know if he can. Well, it's a possibility, but I'm going to sell the idea that he can because Conor McGregor is just such a force of nature and. I mean, I'm trying to think of how many knockouts he's had. It's just his ability to fight is just insane. And I think another reason why, too, is that he he's very, I don't want to say arrogant, but I guess that would be a word I use. He's very confident and a little bit arrogant, too. Uh, he's 19 of McGregor's 17 wins have been knockouts. Uh, another one was by submission. One was by, one was by decision. And he's lost twice, and that was only by submission. So I think just based on his... A record of knocking people out and his accolades and if you look at his fights uh so many even won in the first round so i i just don't see uh diaz standing much of a much of a chance against mcgregor and that's i'm going to sell the idea that he can last more than one round i think i think it'll be close towards the end of the first round that he loses but i don't see him making it to two Just because I know nothing about MMA, I'm going to be one and say I'm going to buy it. You're in there to fight, you might as well fight it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to go switch on this one. I'm going to buy it just because Nate Diaz has lost. Obviously, he's lost some matches about, I don't know, what, seven, eight, and actually more than that. Sorry, I apologize. But the only ones that stick out that he's lost besides decision are two, one by uh, TKO and then one by uh, submission. And I just, I think Diaz will escape that first round. I don't know if he'll make it halfway through the second round with McGregor, but yeah, I think he'll get out of the first round. All right. I think he's got his mic muted. Sorry, I did have the mic muted. Sorry about that. Uh, I was saying this <laughs> This uh, was hard for me. I went back and forth because um, it is tough. Uh, but I, I'm going to sell it because Nate Diaz is a really good fighter. And I don't think a lot of people realize it that aren't uh, big fans of UFC. All you hear is Conor McGregor all the time anymore. Um but Nate Diaz is a very talented fighter, and you shouldn't count him out. But uh, I just don't see him um, standing up with McGregor right now. He's just too good. Uh, the way that McGregor's fighting, he comes out like a hurricane. It's so hard to stand with. And then also McGregor's got a little bit of a size advantage. Nate Diaz is pretty long. Um, and I think that he's going to, uh, McGregor's not a guy that you're going to be able to use your length against because he cuts the distance really well. He's going to stay in close. Um, so he has that more muscular, uh, thicker frame than Nate Diaz has for sure. And I think that's going to come into, uh, his advantage like it has with so many fights that he's had so far, where he just has that killer instinct, uh, and is able to end fights so early. Um. So I'm going to sell this, I think. I Nothing against Nate Diaz. He's an incredible fighter, but uh, McGregor's kind of in a world of his own right now. All right, next one here. Buy or sell, Peter. Blaine Gabbert will be the 49ers starting quarterback in 2016. 
Uh, you know what? I'm going to buy it. And I was going to sell it originally, but now with these rumors or now that the report's coming out that Kaepernick wants a trade out of San Francisco, I, I'm going to have to buy it. And even if RG3 does come over from Washington, which I think is a realistic possibility now, but if Kaepernick's going out the door, I think they'll stick with Gabbert because <clears throat> Gabbert started a couple games, started some games last year for them. He wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. He was he was okay, and I think you just look at the the current team. I I don't I don't think Chip Kelly has another option right now but to stick with him unless he brings RG three in. But even if he brings RG three in, it might be some time before he's ready to play in that system because he didn't play football last year and he's often been injured. So who knows what will be the future quarterback there? But I think for now it's playing Gabbard. Uh, I'm going to buy it but only because Kaepernick wants out. And even if Kaepernick stays, I think it is going to be Gabbard's team because clearly Kaepernick and the 49ers have some sort of discontent or there's something going on between the two that, that makes him want out. So uh, I'm going to buy it for now. Um, I guess we'll just have to see what happens. But like I said, just he, he makes the most sense right now. Started some games last year. Kaepernick wants out. And Gabbard, even though I think he's not that great of a quarterback, Maybe if you put him in a system like Chip Kelly's, it'll limit his mistakes. He is a little athletic. He can run the football a little bit, so it makes sense for him to run that offense. And uh, maybe maybe Gabbert can be a respectable quarterback in this game under Chip Kelly's system. And you said it, Peter, Chip Kelly. I don't think Chip Kelly knows who Chip Kelly's going to have as his quarterback yet. That's the problem I have with this one. I'm selling this one down the river to the freaking pawn shop. Look, you we we saw what Blaine Gabbert did last year. He came in for Jim Tom Sula under an offense that was, you know, pretty much stay in a pocket, throw the ball, run on occasion. Chip Kelly's offense, kind of the same way, but it's built than Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick can talk about wanting to trade all he wants, but also heard the 49ers say, hey, we're going to give you your fully guaranteed uh contract money for this season as well i don't know that they're going to trade him they very well could but if the salary demands as he's asking he's going to have to take a pay cut to go somewhere else but if it's about the money you stay with san francisco something tells me it's going to be either colin kaepernick or they're going to bring in like an rg3 type player somebody that chip kelly can use but like i said he doesn't know himself yet so but i think you need a mobile quarterback in there to run that offense Yeah, I'm, I'm on a great switch here. I'm going to sell just because Kaepernick has, like, what, a $16 million cap hit for this year? Number one, I think it's going to be awfully hard to find someone who's going to pick that up for a quarterback that they don't know what they're going to get out of. And because, I mean, at, at times last year, Colin Kaepernick just, like, completely discombobulated on the field. had no idea what he was doing. Uh, I remember he threw, what, like, four interceptions and, like, nine attempts against Arizona or something like that. And I don't think any team's going to be willing to do that. I don't think Kaepernick's going to be willing to take a pay cut. So whether he wants it or Chip Kelly wants it, what I just yeah, I think he's going to be the starter for them. I'm going to 100% sell this. I uh, I don't think um, that he's going to be the guy there. I don't think Blaine Gabbard, uh, Blaine Gabbard is going to be their guy there. Um, I might sell it so hard that I don't think Blaine Gabbard's going to be the backup there even. Uh, next year, maybe. Uh, but I definitely don't think he's <laughs> going to start. And I think it's going to be um, 
Jared Goff or Carson Wentz or Paxton Lynch. I think they're going to go into the draft looking for the quarterback of the future. Uh, I think Kaepernick's as good as gone. He wants out of the out of the 49ers. The 49ers don't want to pay that contract, as Amos mentioned. Um, so I think that they're going to look to get rid of Kaepernick uh, and look towards the future, get the guy out of the draft. And they draft high enough at number seven uh, where they can get a really, uh, really uh, talented quarterback for their future. Um, you know, there's not a lot of talent in this draft, <clears throat> but those three guys are names that pop up, uh, and, and, you know, have the talent, uh, I think, to play, at least, in my opinion, two of them do, but, uh, uh, but I think they're going to go to the draft looking for someone, uh, to run their system for the future. Next one here. Trayvon Boykin. <laughs> there you go, that's the one. Next one here, buy or sell, the Chicago Cubs have the best top-to-bottom roster in Major Leagues. I'm sorry, what team was that again? The Chicago Cubs have the best top-to-bottom roster in Major League Baseball. Jeez, that's, um, well, you know, it's funny because we were just talking about baseball teams making it to the World Series last night on the show, and... I'm gonna go with. I gotta be honest with you. I I gotta say, yeah. I think they I think they do. And because remember, they're a pretty young team, but they've got some really really great talent. <clears throat> we talked about the young pitching rotation last night. Stall rotation. Um, and when you consider their hitting, I think they've got some pretty good hitters too. And you, if you look at, you can pull up their roster online right now. If you know anyone who's listening and you want to check it out. I think that they do, and I think the Red Sox and the Mets and a couple other teams could be considered could be considered a close second. But you just look at their roster. You know, you got the fantastic pitching that they've got, and then you've got you've got Lackey Lester, two I think pitchers that are, are really good. We all saw what Lester did as a Red Sox. The infield pretty talented. I I like what they've got going on in the infield, yeah, and then the outfield obviously too. You know, Jason Hayward in the outfield. You got. And then you got Ben Zobris in the infield. So you've got some really good – I mean, there's plenty of other great players. But from top to bottom, I think they've got a loaded roster. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them trying to make another run – make another playoff run this year because obviously they fell short in the world, in the um, NLCS in the New York Mets. And perhaps they, perhaps they can use this as a building block. When you look at their pitching, it's – I think – the oldest guy in the roster, Jason Hamill, was born in 1982. Or, sorry, John Lackey was born in 78. But then a lot of the other guys, it's like 90, 88, 85, 87. So they've got some younger guys mixed with some veterans. And then their infield, a lot of the guys were born in the 90s. So you've got some good young talent there that you can use. And their outfield still pretty young. The oldest is uh, Dexter Fowler. He was born on March 22, 1986. And then the youngest is... Uh, is uh, Jorge Soler, which his birthday was is actually today. He's uh, turning 24 today. So they got a very young team. But remember, they made it pretty far last year. So I, I would give them, yes, I'd buy that they have the best roster top to bottom in the Major League Baseball right now. All right, one by. What do you think, Rich? I'm going to call it a draw here, and I know we don't really normally do draws. I think that Epstein's done a really marvelous job with turning around the uh, – Chicago Cubs, but we haven't even hit spring training yet, 
and you know the the Cubs are like you know they're up there, but there's so many other teams that are up there as well. So it's kind of not, not like a buy or sell thing. I, it's more like a draw because I think the Cubs are a great club, but I also think there's more other great clubs out there just like them. So I will agree, and then I will disagree that overall, no, but yes, their roster is pretty good. All right, Rich, or Amos, excuse me. Uh, we got one <laughs> by one draw. <laughs> what do you say? Uh, I'm actually going to go with the sell. I, I do. I, I like their pitching rotation, as Peter brought up. I think they have a great, like, what was it? Yeah, Mariota, Lester, Lackey. They got awesome, five great, really good pitchers in rotation. Infield's really good, but I think there are teams like the Red Sox who just have better hitters. I really do. And I know the infield and outfield, all them guys, I mean, it's obviously a full team sport. But if I put money on it, I would I would say that no. For pitching, yes, but for top to bottom, no. So I'm gonna just copy and paste exactly what Amos just said into my argument here. Uh, picking my pocket again here, Amos. Uh, yeah, it's exactly <laughs> what he said. So uh, best pitching uh, staff bullpen in baseball, absolutely, I think so. Uh, overall talent, no, I wouldn't say. I think that there are teams out there that are, are more talented. Uh, a few. I'm not saying a lot. The Chicago Cubs do have some hitters on that team, uh, and they do have a very talented roster, don't get me wrong. But I think there are, in my opinion, uh, I think that the, you know, as I said last night, I think the Red Sox are a better team top to bottom right now. I still think that Kansas City deserves to be up there much higher than what a lot of people were putting them um uh, you know, the Mets are another team that I think are right up there. Uh, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say so right now, as Rich, or as Rich said. It's hard to say right now because spring training hadn't even started yet. And, you know, we have a long season ahead of us. Uh, you know, baseball happens over a long period of time. So, uh, but right now. A little I, too long for most people, I think. <laughs> yeah, it is a little too long. Uh, but I think that, uh. As of right now, I would, I would say no. I think they're top three, yes, but I wouldn't say number one. Um, moving on to the next one here, and before we actually move on to the next one, we had a texter text in um, on the topic of uh, the Nate Diaz uh Conor McGregor fight and it said Nick Nate Diaz won't survive the first 10 seconds let alone the first round <laughs> so uh evidently someone a Conor McGregor oh, wow. fan there <laughs> uh next one here uh Tiger Woods we've been talking about him on the show as of late uh you know starting to work out and they're saying that you know the back's hurting still but they're saying that he's starting to swing do you think buy or sell Tiger is warming up for the Masters to play in the Masters in April. That he's healthy enough? Yeah, do you think Tiger will play in the Masters? I'm going to buy this because, remember, Tiger Woods, he's, I don't know how many uh, major wins he's away now from, from, uh, from having I think, the most uh, major wins. Or. Yeah, so I think even though he's declined 
Very much so, since the whole uh, affair incident that'll be seven, year, seven years ago this November. I, I buy the title play because <clears throat> he's he's acting like he's healthy again, and I think that he wants to go out there and at least win more, more win a major and kind of silence the critics, including people like he doesn't know me. But if he wins, I'll be quiet because I I, I don't I don't think he has much left in the tank. But yes, I'm going to buy it. He's playing in, in the in the Masters because. Number one, he's Tiger Woods. He'll do anything it takes to, to play around the golf, whether it's just for fun or or the Masters now. How far he'll make it in the Masters, I guess we'll have to see. Just depends on how healthy he is, I guess. But I'm not going to I'm not going to sell the idea that he's going to play in the Masters. I'm going to buy it, and I just based it on the preface of that. I think he he feels like he's healthy. He wants to silence his critics, and I think he wants to go out there and at least play some good golf. If he doesn't win, play. And uh, if he wins, that that would be incredible. But I'm going to buy it because I think his pride is uh, it's too big for him to not want to go there and at least try to play or try to make it at least to the final round. And what do you say? And I'm buying as well. Oh, no, I was going to say I'm buying as well. For those that have not seen it or, you know, we talked about it, uh, what was it, Monday for the recap show that there was a report out that Tiger was ailing and – he could barely walk, stand up, and do all this, that, and the other. Two days ago, he posted a video of him hitting off a, a mat. Looks like a, it's in one of them indoors with the big screen. He's not doing, like, layup shots. These are full-swing golf shots. I've been saying it all year. I, I think that, you know, Tiger's been a little hush-hush on the terms of where he's at in his recovery. I've read anywhere that he's been out practicing eight hours a day. I've heard he's been out, you know, late at night on the driving range hitting shots by himself so no one would see him and film him. I think, the, you know, I've been saying it since January. I said if he gets the chance and he's healthy enough, I don't see why he would not want to play in the Masters. He takes the Masters tournament. All the major tournaments are like the prestigious rounds of golf. Golfers want to play in them no matter what, and it, it – it's just something like playing in the Super Bowls, like playing in the Masters. It, it's that same kind of equivalency. So, yes, I think he is going to play. I'm even going to go a step further and say he's going to try and get in a tournament maybe a week or two before the Masters just to see what he's got in him or got left going into that tournament. All right, Amos, what do you think here? All right, so... I'm not being a huge golf fan, I will go ahead and buy this because I think if he's healthy enough and if he's progressing like everyone seems to be saying that he is, which is something I haven't paid much attention to, but if it is true, he is progressing, getting better, getting you know more comfortable with everything. And yeah, I don't think there's any question, I don't think there would be any reason why to sell him not playing if he feels that he's ready to go. I'll buy that he plays, I will sell on him being effective. I, uh, I'm going to disagree here uh, with you guys all went by here. I'm going to go sell. Uh, and here's the reason why I think Rich brought up a good point. <clears throat> and I saw that Rich as of, talked about the video. We talked about this. And I went and looked up the video after Rich uh, told me about it. And you can see. He, I mean, those he's definitely not taking anything or too much off of it. He's uh, swinging, uh, you know, his full swing. Um, but... <clears throat> the point that Rich brought up, he'll probably get in uh, another tournament a week or two in advance. I think that will happen, and I think he's going to 
have a really bad performance, and we've seen Tiger do this before, where he's had a really bad performance and a smaller event, and then pulled out of a larger event that was just on the horizon. Uh, and I think that's yes, what's really going to happen. He's going to have a bad um, tournament and a, and a lesser tournament, and then he won't play in the Masters um, because he doesn't he doesn't want to bring a, a poor game or or uh, whatnot or the injury. Uh, the back starts getting to him again. So I'm going to pick Sal. I'd love to see him, uh, you know, get back to where he was, um, you know, before the whole uh, sex addiction thing and all that came out. But uh, but I just don't think it's meant to be. I think we're seeing the twilight of Tiger. Uh, buy or sell, Big Poppy is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh I'm going to actually buy this one. <clears throat> and it's kind of interesting because he'd probably be the only designated hitter that I can ever think of that would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, clearly just not only is he a great hitter, he's one of the greatest hitters, he's also a great clutch hitter. He, he had some great, uh, he, he made it count, made it, he <clears throat> made it happen when it counted in 2004 when they, when they went down three games to nothing against the Yankees. And then remember the year that they, the last time they won the World Series, they were losing a, I believe it was an ALCS game, and he had a Grand Slam home run to win the game. I believe it was a Grand Slam home run, and that helped catapult them to the World Series the year of the Boston bombing massacre, where the Red Sox won to help lift up a city that took a large loss, um, obviously the day of the Boston bombing marathon, uh, the Boston marathon bombing, rather, I'm sorry. So I think you look at how much he means to a city, how much he's meant to the Red Sox, and then over the course of his career, he's batted 284, 503 home runs, 1,641 RBIs, and uh, on-base percentage of 378. And it's just the amount of, just the way he plays the game as a hitter is just incredible. And he's, I, I can't think of really a bad season that he's had. I'm sure that he has had. Some years where he hasn't been that great, but you look at his body of work, not just in the regular season, but also in the, in the playoffs. <clears throat> probably at his best, he's probably definitely had his best years as a Red Sox. Uh, he's had, he had some decent years with the Twins, but overall, you know, 503 home runs, just that's incredible. And then the postseason, his, uh, his average is 295. He's had 17 home runs in that 2004 run when they, the first World Series the Red Sox had won in 86 years. Five home runs, 19 RBIs. 2007, the second time they won the World Series. Three home runs, 10 RBIs. And then 2013, the third and final time they won the World Series, five home runs, 13 RBIs. And he, in those seasons, in 2004, he hit 400. In 2007... He hit 370, and in 2013, he hit 353. Uh, just, just an incredible player. Uh, it's going to be sad to him go. He's always been one of my favorite, not just baseball players, but uh, I, I do follow the Red Sox a little bit because <clears throat> I have friends that do. So I'm going to buy that he's a first out, first out Hall of Famer just based on his regular season and postseason uh, marks. And if voters based on what a player means to a city or a team, that'll definitely help him be a first. Out Hall of Fame, and I'm definitely buying it because I think he's reinvented the designated hitting position, in my opinion. What do you say, Rich? 
I pulled a uh, um, muted mic. I'm going to buy as well. Uh, you know, I, how, how can you not? The batting average. Let, let's take a look at some stats here. King Griffey, when he got in, he was batting at 284. David Ortiz is obviously batting at 284 as well. I mean, stat, statistical wise, this has been arguably one of the greatest designated hit, hitters of our generation. You know, me being a Texas Rangers fan, I used to love Vladimir Guerrero and Rusty Greer and all the mother boys, but I, I don't see that anyone's been the designated powerhouse hitter that we've ever seen of this magnitude, hitting it over the green monster out there at Fenway. I mean, I, I just don't see how you cannot put him in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. What do you say, Rich? Yeah, Rich, go ahead. My bad, Amos. I'm out of it. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> You're a uh, bum. I'm actually going to completely agree with Pete and Rich here, especially uh, they kind of fixed me with all the stats. So I'll just stick with, yeah, no, he's been extremely clutch. He's been a very clean guy, too. Anytime there's been any kind of controversy surrounding him, it's always been something to do with the Red Sox with what he feels needs to be done with the team to help better, and it's not something he's ever stirred up to make it go, you know, super public or anything, and he's had the stats to back up, especially as a DH. Someone that dominant, someone that clutch, who has, you know, uh, as I think Peter alluded to a couple of years ago when he hits the Grand Slam, man, I think I walked into a buddy's house as soon as that happened, and, like, I dropped my beer and broke my six-pack. It was terrible, but, yeah, no, he, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. I don't see how he doesn't get in first ballot. Yeah, I'm going to absolutely agree. Clean sweep here. Um, right now he's sitting at 503 uh, career home runs, which is 27th uh, all time. And he got 37 last year. So let's say he gets 37 home runs again this year. Uh, that would put him at 540 which would set him at 17th. He would be right behind uh, Mike Schmidt, right in front of Mickey Mantle. I mean, that tells you the kind of guys that that he would be around. He's third among active players. Alex Rodriguez, of course, 687 home runs. Albert Pujols with 560. So third among active players. Uh, And if he has the performance like he did last year, he's going to be in the top 20 home run hitters to ever play the game. You know, he'll be ahead of Frank Thomas, uh, ahead of Ted Williams, ahead of Gary Sheffield, Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle, as I said earlier, uh, I mean, so many names, Jose Canseco, uh, Jeff Bagwell, so many great games, uh, great guys that have played the game, um, great power hitters that we've seen. He's going to be ahead of uh, of all those guys. Uh, You know, he'll be setting in the 16th spot if he can perform the way he did uh, or 17th spot, excuse me, if he can perform what he what, the way he did last year. He's outstanding player. And you mentioned it, uh, Peter, you broke it down. One of the best, uh, regardless of position, regardless of uh, of the era, any time in baseball, one of the best, I would say top three easy, performers when it matters. In the World Series, David Ortiz comes to play. It's unbelievable what his numbers are in World Series games. They're just stellar. As you heard Peter say, his averages are unreal. You know, batting 400 and 300s, 
knocking in you know twenty you know, nearly twenty RBIs and, and during that stretch uh, and getting a handful of home runs and, and a handful of games. He he just comes out lights out and man he get, turns. He he just has like a second mode that he gets into when when uh, it's time to perform in the clutch. And you see a lot of guys, you know, it's a sign of a great in any sport is their ability uh, in clutch moments, the way they play when it's on the line. And David Ortiz stands up and he plays at the best of his ability, and he plays his best baseball uh, when it's all on the line. So um, absolutely outstanding players, had a great career, and I think – there's no doubt that he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Alright, <clears throat> I had to sneak one hockey one in. Uh, I know that you guys not the biggest hockey fans uh, outside of Amos, who it's his favorite sport, but I had to sneak a hockey question in here. <laughs> Buy or sell? Yammer Yager turned 44 uh, this month. Yammer Yager has five more years before he retires. Buy or sell? Okay, uh, sorry, can, you, can you repeat the name again? Five more years. Yammer Yager. <laughs> sorry about that. 44, turned 44 this year, says that he feels fine, feels great. He's, he plays like it. Do you think that he has five more years left in him? That he can five more years at the age of 44. Not in the game of hockey, no. I don't think so. The guy was drafted, what, in 1990, I believe, in the top 10, if not the top five. First round, first round fifth by Pittsburgh. So, when you look at a career that long, especially in a game that's so physically demanding, and the amount of, not just because of what you have to give every game, skating around, but you're also getting into fights out there. And I, I don't know how many fights he's been involved in. You know, I can't speak on that. But 21 seasons of punishment on the ice, I don't. I don't think he can go another five years unless he's willing to just be a guy that comes off the bench occasionally just to help out. But when you're that old, and because you, you got to think about it, forty, the forties. If you're if you're not an athlete, that's not considered old. But when you're an athlete, that is old because you, especially in the game of hockey, like I said, physically demanding. You're going to take a beating every single game, especially with advanced age. The amount of beatings he's probably taken over his career just from having to play as many games as he's had. I think he's played, yeah, 1,600 career games. That is ridiculous. And to be able to do that in any sport, really, especially hockey, is really damn impressive. But I'm going to sell the idea that he can play five more years. I think maybe one or two more years, but I don't see it being five because at that point his body might might give up on him. All right, Ridge, what do you say here? I'm actually thinking about this one because, you know, 44 and he wants to play another five years. A couple years ago, I, I did just read an article that said he wanted to play till he's 50, and that was two years ago. So I, I'm going to sell as well because you can always say I want to play till I'm this age, but once, you know, once you hit that, that mark that all it's going to take is one good hit, you know, give him a concussion or something. Then he's going to like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be playing hockey anymore. But I, I just five more years at the age of 44. I just don't see it. What about you, Amos? So <clears throat> I'm actually going to buy this on 
the stipulation that I, I don't think he will. But I'm going to buy it because, yeah, I think he – and he's been a guy who's been very avid with the whole Peyton Manning thing, saying that, yeah, no, Peyton should not retire. Peyton wants to get up every day and put in the work and continue playing. And I think Yammer has that kind of attitude. I think he has that kind of mentality. And I think he's willing to push himself. I do believe that recently he has moved into third time on the NHL all-goal list. And if you're at third, why not try to push yourself to see how much you can get? And another five years, whether or not he's coming off the bench, I mean, he's still out there. He's still going to be playing. And I think if provides nothing, he'll provide a spark and some leadership. Not provide the spark and the thing where he's going to get out there and be fast and everything, but he might be able to, you know, there's going to, as much as hockey is with speed, Everything else, I mean, there has you got to be a little uh, strategic with it too, and you got to understand what you're doing. And he's played the game smart, and yeah, I think he's absolutely the kind of guy who I see willing to get up every day for the next five years, willing to put in the work, willing to go out there, take the beating. And hey, if you can get close to that first time or number one on the all time goal list, why wouldn't you try? I'm going to agree here with Amos. Uh, the, he's an ageless wonder, and he has no intentions uh, of retiring. He, he did say with the Peyton Manning thing that he should keep playing, and they said, "Well, what about you know riding off in the in the sunset? You know, riding off winning a Super Bowl?" And he goes, "That's the absolutely worst time to quit because if you can win it once, you can go back." Uh, I mean, he has that mentality. He's he's a guy that fights. You look at his numbers this season: fifty six games played. He has 43 points off of uh, 20 goals and 23 assists. Still putting out uh, really great numbers. And the other thing, uh, the other reason I think that he has five more years left is you look at a lot of the numbers and stuff that he's put up uh, last season. Only played 20 games. The season before that, 57 games. He hasn't played a back-to-back, two full seasons back-to-back since 07-08 when he was with the Rangers. So I think that that's I don't think he's going to play full seasons, but I definitely think you'll see him play, you know, 50 games, uh, get in that like 70 games, you know, but uh, but still play. Um, and then and, and that has to be as uh, Amos brought up there. A really good point is he's now he just passed uh, Brett Hall. He's third all time scoring. That has to be a, a huge um a huge motivator to go out and try and play uh as long as you can if you can go up there and try to take you know pass Gordy Howe pass uh Wayne Gretzky the great one uh, on that list it, it would be an absolute i mean it would just be amazing to do that uh, as a person you know to go out there and do that and in these with and like a respectable distance where it's still possible for Yammer Yager to do that. Um, so I think that, uh, I think that you're definitely going to see him, uh, try to play as long as he can. I just have this, the way he's played, I think that you're going to have to scrape Yammer Yager off the ice. I don't think he's ever going to quit willingly. Uh, <laughs> and I'm glad to see that the mullet's coming back. So, um, but that's all we have tonight uh thanks guys for playing along um and thanks everybody at home for listening and for the the texans that we got tonight uh be sure to same time same place tomorrow night uh listen rich and peter will be taking you through the world of the walking dead and um better call sal and uh you know all of the entertainment news um 
have a really good show for you tomorrow night at 9 p.m. It's a really good show. Don't miss it, especially if you're a Walking Dead fan. They get real in-depth in The Walking Dead. It's a really good show to listen to. Um, and then, of course, we take the weekends off, and we'll be back Monday after that. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for the text and, uh Thank Rich, Amos, and Peter for uh, being good sports tonight, coming on the show, uh, and giving us your opinions. Uh, thanks, everybody, and good night. Right. Thanks for listening to the Free Parking Show. To hear the boys live, tune in every weeknight at 9 p.m. Eastern 